Imagine's Coaling Studio is where efficiency meets creativity. Our new integrated solution brings together our next level coaling algorithm along with in-app reviewing and AI editing in a single intuitive platform. Tailored for photographers who value both speed and personalized quality results, Imagine strives to enhance every aspect of your post-production process. Open the Imagine app and give the new Coaling Studio a try today. Welcome to Workflows, presented by Imagine AI. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. Hear from people just like you. Put down that camera for a little, connect the headphones, and get to work with Workflows. Sam Hurd is a wedding and portrait photographer based out of Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia areas. His style is distinct as a result of unrelenting commitment to his craft and complete trust from his clients. The trust Sam receives drives him to find the perfect balance between creative experimentation and honest documentation. Sam believes that the rise of artificial intelligence has paved way for entirely new approaches to workflows that are now possible. He uses multiple AI tools in his workflows and he's embraced it wholeheartedly, which has led to more time and efficiency in his photography business and much higher profitability. So without further ado, let's head over to my conversation with Sam Hurd. Hello, Sam. Hey, Scott. What's up? So we, we finally met in Copenhagen and now we are, Feels like a ironically, it does seem like a lifetime ago. Ironically, we live like a three hour drive from each other, but we had to go overseas around the world. To <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is kind of funny. It, yep. it is really. So, so what's going on with you? How's, how's, well, right now, the time we're recording this, you're winding down you know, winter season is here. Winding, winding down. down. Yeah. yeah. How, how's, yeah. Uh, how's, how's that all going? In the throes of editing right now. It is uh, <laughs> buried under a mountain of files, but it's mm. okay. It's going. Trying to pace myself and I go through fits and bursts of just knocking out like three weddings in one day and then nothing for a couple days. And then, yeah, I tend to be really like stop and go with, with my approach to editing, but I'm, I'm just trying to knock out as much as I possibly can. I've got previews for everybody, you know, pre pre Christmas or pre holidays or whatever, which mm -hmm. is nice. That'll tie it. I think most people over, but I do feel bad that there's some full galleries. I'm not going to get out to people, but I'm, you know, are you getting, got to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you getting clients that are hounding you for their no, photos everyone's... during this holiday? Everyone's been very polite, like, hey, just saying hi. Hope you're doing <laughs> <Nice>. well. <laughs> wink, wink. And like, uh -huh, I know exactly why you're saying hi. Sorry, <laughs> they're not ready. I'm trying. I want them to be good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm in the middle of that. I'm visiting family. I've been here for a day or two. And my sister just moved back here and she has a new house and a second kid on the way. So a lot happening family wise. It's nice to be. I, this is a very small town. This is an area called Lynchburg, Virginia. It's like 70,000 people. It's where I grew up. And it's always nice to retreat here for a week or so and chill out. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Nice. Especially I said like a... all that travel. <laughs> travel last month yeah. was crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> is that a, like a farmland type area in Virginia or is it more yeah, rural? It sounds like there is Farmville. There's an area called Farmville mm. right, right nice. outside of here. And another area called Forest. <laughs> it's like nice. Very, I'm, just, I'm now realizing the theme here. But no, it's a city. It's a legit city. It's got a nice okay. downtown along the river. Very old place since the Civil War. So yeah, but it, it is pretty isolated. There's not much happening around. You know, closest airport is like Richmond, Virginia, which is... Mm. Larger, it's a capital, yep. but it's not. Yep. It's not DC or Baltimore or anything on All the right. East Coast. Like, well, you get yeah. to breathe for a little. You get to yeah, exactly. Take take a little break from the weddings and and whatnot and, and relax. It's the kind of place where every time I go out to coffee, I'm like, oh hey, yeah, how are you? I haven't seen you in a decade. How are you doing? You know, <laughs> that kind of everyone knows each yeah. other, sort of thing. It's funny. Nice. Yeah. So uh, my first you? question. Oh, oh, you have questions. I, Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I. I I'm good. I'm good. Otherwise, you're good. Just good. You're about to ask me, but I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Awesome. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Are you recovered um, from the jet lag? Did that hit you pretty hard? From you know, I I was in Copenhagen such a little amount of time that yeah. my body didn't adjust. That's good. I, I I when I when they asked if I wanted to go, I was like, I I do, but I want to be home for Thanksgiving because it's the one holiday really that my wife's family like. That's their big. That's their big uh, one. Okay. You know, yeah. even, even though we celebrate mm-hmm. a lot of Jewish holidays, that Thanksgiving is the big one that we celebrate. And I wanted to be home for it. So I was in Copenhagen for like almost that's right, two, two full days. Yeah. Yeah. My so. Thanksgiving was spent with a woman named, oh, her name escapes me now, but just side by side on the airplane. We had a nice little chat and I showed her all of my photography and she was very interested. She was flying back from Italy for an opera. I was like, who are you? I'm like, okay, just, yeah, just zipping over for a quick opera in Italy or whatever. She's retired and apparently very well off, but it was a nice person to have a little Thanksgiving with, uh, Thanksgiving Day, but also a little depressing. No turkey. I was kind of bummed. Uh, yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm glad you had a I, good one. <laughs> I, I, was a, I was a little nervous about the long flights and, you know, with everything going on in the world. So I wound up, not really eating on my flights. Ah. I had like little snacks mm. to shove down my throat <laughs> as fast as I could and then put my mask back on. But yeah, you know, you know yeah. I'm convinced though that airplanes are one of the safer environments to be because everybody, especially international, everybody has been tested. tested. And, everybody yeah. has been probably vaccinated. The air circulation's quite good. And depending yeah. on who you're sitting next to and what they might have been doing the literal last like no, I, I think it might be one of the safer areas, but it is still like yeah. the optics of it are anxiety-inducing. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. I don't want to breathe you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, so, I but yeah, okay. I, I did Move. feel safe, but I was still paranoid. Also, <laughs> you would think you would hear about it by now. Maybe I've just been uh, completely oblivious, but you'd think if it was a serious issue, we would know that flight attendants yeah. are like getting sick in droves on a regular right. basis, or, and or pilots. Like for you sure. would know if they were at, at more risk than you know, restaurant workers or something, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So in Copenhagen, you talked about, well, you talked about multiple AI tools. You talked about how AI and a variety of other things like your MIDI controller and stuff like that has helped you save, save you time in a variety of aspects of, of, uh, of photography. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, my first question is, what is one thing that you do for, your, for the photographic process that has saved you time? Photographic process. Now, is that uh, within the process of like literally making the image mm-hmm. or yep. do, would you like me to fix? Yeah. Yeah. Make the uh, image, yeah. yeah. The process of making the image was, uh, I would say, the biggest shortcut for everything 
um, and, and it, this may not be the case for everyone, but for me, it was like a light bulb moment was embracing live view with DSLR cameras. Mm. So that happened years ago for me. Obviously with mirrorless, you have no choice but to embrace sort of live view because there's no optical viewfinder. But that was 2015, maybe 14, the, the Nikon D4 was the first DSLR that live view was fast enough and responsive enough that I could I was actually manual focusing most of my shots still because the autofocus just wasn't there yet. But pre-visualizing the bokeh, the exposure, of course, and just my framing, having, you have to think about it this way. Like when you have the optical viewfinder up to your eye, the relative size of where, like the amount your eye has to traverse is kind of huge. It's almost like you're looking at a giant movie screen, like a theater Mm -hmm. or something where, you know, you really kind of have to like, not literally turn your head, but you really have to look up in the upper left corner to get to the corner and then traverse all the way down. When you pull back and just look at the tiny little live view screen, you know, a foot from your, your head, you see, yeah, the resolution is less and it's a little harder to tell if it's actually in focus maybe, but you get a sense uh, of the composition, I think a lot easier. Um, than you do when it's right up in your face. So embracing uh, live view early on, which now basically virtually everybody does if they shoot mirrorless, (laughs) saved me so much time just in the iterative process of like knowing what I wanted to change right there in the moment as far as getting rid of something in my composition, positioning it a little bit better so a sign isn't in there or or, or whatever it is, reading, getting a read on the light. All of that happened, again, just like a giant shortcut for my brain by embracing live view. And, not, it, you know, I do miss the optical viewfinder for some things in some situations. It'd be great to have a hybrid solution with a full-frame mirrorless camera. I don't think that exists anywhere yet. Fuji's the only it, one it, I'm aware of, and they're all right. cropped. But, yeah. yeah exactly. I was uh, about to say that. Yeah. But that, embracing that early and, and just riding that wave now, now it's like a dream. You don't even think about it as like, oh, what was life like before this? But right. there was life and it wasn't as grand. <laughs> it was so much more <laughs> tedious. Yeah. So so if you had to put a percentage on when you do it, when you do a, a wedding, your average yep. wedding, how much of it are you looking through the, now your electronic viewfinder versus pulling it away and looking at the screen? So this has rapidly changed in just the last month because of the Canon R3, which I just published my full mm-hmm. review about. It made about 25,000 frames, which didn't take long because that thing freaking flies. <laughs> yeah. uh, my God, I take so many pictures. with. But I would say pre-R3, so I was shooting the R6, R5 briefly, and then the EOS R for the longest amount of time. 90% of the time, the flip out in front of me at an angle closer to my waist or something, which I actually love because it's such a by default, your perspective is more interesting than everyday life where your eye level is. So that's a huge benefit. But with the R3, the eye control autofocus, the ability to move your autofocus point by just looking, it tracks your, your pupil and where you look, it physically moves the autofocus point. That is so much faster and, and has such a natural feel to it that I find myself now, um, coming back to the viewfinder and yeah, the perspective may not be as by default great. It's also fine for a lot of situations. It's not like you always have to be at a completely fascinating angle (laughs) or extreme (laughs) angle on things. It's fine at at eye level and it's so fast and intuitive and smooth that I'm, I'm now working my way back to that. So it's a balance between both, I would say. And I find myself, seriously, the eye control is so good that when I do have the flippy screen down at my waist or whatever, it's slower and a little bit more frustrating for it to not just focus where I'm looking. Right. Oh, I want it to, 
somehow track my eye from this distance. Uh, it's so good. I mean, yeah, you could just touch the screen, but I've never actually enjoyed the touch. I, yeah, I've never liked that it's either. Awkward and not. Yeah, yeah. it's. Bleh. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> you know, you could you 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 could start squatting to get to your natural waist height. Yeah, I could walk eye. around like a crab. You know. It's, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I used to lay down a lot for like more creative mm. angles with couples portraits where I, I knew I didn't have to run over to catch a moment or something right. where I had more control. I, I would just lay down on the ground totally flat and look through my camera viewfinder that way, especially with the Nikon cameras because they didn't have a pullout screen until the D750, I think. So you kind of had, if you wanted to see at all what you were capturing, you really had to lay it down on the ground with it, which, you know... I, Honestly, though it was annoying because you would get dirty and it was like a little bit more painful or whatever. I you do win over some some client. What's the I don't know the word. They just get a little more invested in what you're doing because they see you physically be like yeah. working harder. There's something right. to that for sure. When you're just like walking around, like yep, okay, photo's done. They don't even realize you've made it. Like yeah, you'll get the natural expressions, but they may not realize how hard you're working. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's some yeah. There's something you gain by being the physicality of shooting is something you have to think a lot about because it impacts your, your subject so much. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. So I, I just asked you about the photographic process. Now I want to find out what is one thing that you do for your business that saves you time and money. I've been using a studio management software specifically built for photography studios uh, since forever. It's not one I would recommend now if you were to start from scratch, but it is what has carried me through all the tedious aspects of keeping up with invoicing and all that kind of crap, uh, sending proposals I, off and go ahead. Yeah. You, you mentioned it in, in Copenhagen. I forgot which one it was. What was the one Shoot that you... Shoot Q. Shoot Q is Shoot what Q. I use. Right, right. Yeah. The actual original iteration of Shoot Q still exists. I don't know that you can sign up for it now. I'm kind of grandfathered <laughs> in to, to it so working. But they have a new overhauled version that looks better, but functionally is still not quite as good. It does every, the bare minimum of everything I need, but it doesn't do anything better <laughs> other than the visual aspect being more modernized. So there are other better solutions perhaps that, uh, and I've tried to switch over to a couple of them, but there was always like one missing feature like the embedded calendar link wouldn't have a link to the like yeah i would show the event but it wouldn't have an embedded link to the shoot the job itself that i could just easily tap like shoot q has that like there was always one right. small thing that it would add more friction than i was willing to and so anyway i'm still stuck in this like hybrid of the newer version and the older version of shoot q but at the end of the day it has saved me so much because you can create these automated workflows that, and I know other, other services do this as well, but it's really tough to put a value on how much time it saved me to not have to follow up with invoicing questionnaires, having, you know, a proposal interface that people can take their time with that auto expires and like all this kind of stuff. That's, that's really handy. I would easily pay like triple the amount that I paid monthly for, for that service, mostly because I'm a very disorganized person. <laughs> Aside from maybe what a lot of people might think, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not particularly uh, organized, and I don't set goals, and I don't do all kinds of stuff that you probably should as a disciplined small business owner. Simply because ShootQ exists and and can do a lot of right. that for me. It was a bear well, to get set up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's I I I would say most business owners are not super organized, but that's why that's, they yeah. use tools to to get them organized and to keep them in check and to 
remind them to remind their clients to do this or, or to automate that process or just keep it all flowing without you having to, you know, yep. keep yep, your yep, mess yep. in check. <laughs> that, that's so. the biggest thing in my business. I'm trying to think if there's any other big, like easy to point to tool that saves me time or money. I mean, you, yeah. you even mentioned uh, scheduling, like that's a big thing, right? You know, yeah. it, just even, um, trying to schedule podcasts with, with guests, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. in the process of setting up. I, this podcast is so new. I haven't even had a chance to set that up, but yeah, um, I'm in the process of doing it. And once it's done, I won't have to go back and forth about, is this date good? Is this date good? You just check the calendar, they can book it and it's done. And that's the same thing with, with your, with your clients. They can just go to your, your calendar, see if you, that date for their wedding is available with you and they can book it. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yep. So that's, that's a biggie. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Scheduling is a pain. <laughs> <laughs> I think Especially this is a rescheduled. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think this is a rescheduled podcast too. It is. From, it is. It's uh, all good. Yeah. 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 So, but, but like case in point though, like you're not just a photographer, you're also, you know, speaking at events, you're, you're teaching other photographers, mentoring other photographers. So you've got multiple schedules that have to intertwine and having a tool that basically automates that for you and your clients. That's a huge time saver. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, moving on to the next also related is one, what is one thing that you do for editing that has saved you time? Aside from the obvious, like uh, incredible asset that is imagined in the, the AI that you guys do, I would say before that, the biggest thing that I did was to never look at my images unedited straight out of camera other than obviously while I'm shooting. So I never used Photo Mechanic, for example. One of the things, yeah, Photo Mechanic, you can import or, or pull up a, a folder and the images are right there ready for you to look at. But you start to create a sense of what the images look like in your memory. If you call entirely, especially an entire wedding with the straight out of camera profile applied, once you start editing, I always started to second guess myself way too much by then applying a preset, like a baseline preset or whatever, and then editing from there. So I always, for probably since 2012 now, import directly into Lightroom. I never use Photo Mechanic and have my entire baseline starting preset applied, even if it was wildly off. I still okay. like the tone curve and everything was consistent across all the images so that I call through there. And then when I start editing, I have this new baseline sense of what the images look like and need to be. And that created a huge amount of consistency across everything I did. Even if I would, again, wildly adjust from what my import preset did, which sometimes, you know, in extreme lighting situations, or maybe there's a really intense color of red or something on someone's face. Like, yeah, I might make some pretty extreme adjustments, but still starting from that base of not being straight out of camera, uh, sped things up and created a huge amount of consistency for me. So that also, by default, just a nice consequence of that, forced me to find ways to optimize Lightroom to make it as fast as possible, squeeze as much efficiency as I possibly could out of everything. You know, I got way ahead of the curve on, on getting Lightroom to run quickly and efficiently using smart previews, standard previews, and all these different things that uh, Lightroom didn't come out of the box optimized to do. And right. it still doesn't, which is blows my mind. But yeah, I've been running like you know, n with no need for photo mechanic uh, since 
literally like 2012. My main yeah. editing laptop used to be when I was on the road and it was a MacBook Air, like piece of crap MacBook Air. It's crazy that how fast you could actually get those things to run. But, it, yeah. you know, you kind of had to follow a specific order of operations, which mm-hmm. not everybody cares to do. <laughs> and yeah, and then all that. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, like that, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've I've historically I've always done the same thing. I, I had my, you know, basically my import preset predefined. So every time yeah. it would run through and do my basics, including turn on lens correction, which is um, so I, I do a lot of portrait work, but my my love in photography is actually going on the edge of a mountain or whatever, Ooh, putting my camera nice. tripod and just going to the zen the zen zone for for two hours. Nice. So it's a lot. There's a lot of wide angle stuff. There's a lot of zoom stuff. Things that require lens correction. Now the 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 upside to that is I don't have to think about it afterwards, but the downside to that is it slows down Lightroom when you turn that on. So, and um, I never do. I never turn that on. That's interesting. I didn't realize there was yeah. a. It's a processing overhead that yeah. requ- yep. is required. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I actually am in process. Uh, I'm just writing the script, but and maybe by the time this episode is out, this video will be available. I'm actually doing a video on Lightroom optimization because hmm. a lot of the imaginers in the community have been asking, how do I speed up so that I see the edits show faster? And it's complicated because it's not just us. It's Lightroom. Right, you have to make it's sure Adobe. that Lightroom yeah, is... Yeah, and Adobe is yeah. the worst at partnering with anybody else. They're, I don't know how far down the list like still photographers are on their list of priorities, but I have a feeling we're, <laughs> we're sadly low. Because, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know they seem to be uh, quite... And they're leaving so much money on the table. Like, oh my God, there's so many things they could do to improve Lightroom mm-hmm. if they would just be willing to partner with certain other third-party companies. It's crazy to me, but yeah. Hopefully, yeah, you can find some workarounds that make people happy. <laughs> awesome. Imaginers. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, so this one is a is sort of a you know 30,000 foot view down on earth. Can you okay. share an outlined breakdown of your workflow from lead to delivery? Okay. So lead comes in through my contact form, which is hooked into ShootQue. So every aspect of their name, email, phone number, the wedding date gets auto entered into my the lead section of ShootQue. So it's actually on my calendar as a lead. I don't have to do any manual entry of their details unless I want to add some notes. So that's really nice. And then it gets two copies to the same inbox and then a third copy to a backup email address just so I never miss a lead. Wow. That always sucks. Yeah. So that's nice. It does a little extra headroom with having to swipe away the backups, but it's worth it just to know that I've responded and see that right. the duplicate has come through. I reply to that. I use a fantastic email app. It is 30 bucks a month, which some people recoil at because email is like free on Gmail, but it hooks into Gmail, but the entire front end is totally custom. It's an app called Superhuman that I Uh. will always stand by as one of the best things I've ever done for my business as well. Mm-hmm. That actually, I don't know why that didn't surface to the top when you asked me that question <laughs> previously. <laughs> Superhuman. It's fantastic, yeah. but it's so ridiculous. It's so 30 bucks a month. And in order to get in and use it and set up your account, you're required to meet with them for a 30 minute consultation yes. about yeah. how to use it and all that. It's hilarious. People are like, what? This is email. I'm like, why can't I just get a free account and go? Because they're, super, they're superhuman. <laughs> they're superhumans. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It's an amazing app. So yeah. I reply in superhuman using a canned response. It's pre-written. I do customize it based on any elaborations the original uh, inquiry may have made. If they talked about my work or mentioned anything about their venue, I'll, I'll customize it so it doesn't feel super robotic. But I do have a, a template that I, I go on. I include my pricing 
three full client, one sort of generic, one specifically all nighttime in the rain, and one specifically somewhere else. I can't remember. Just outdoors or something. Yeah, just outdoors in the city and then one in the like vineyard. So I'm trying to hit all bases without having to right. specifically send a gallery that's like, you know, what nighttime nighttime in the rain. That's a yeah. that's a good one it was to say. Detroit send, New like... Year's Eve, man. Detroit New Year's <laughs> Eve. Sun was set by like five. It rained the entire evening. It was one of my favorite weddings ever. I love shooting at night. I mean, the couple is a little more stressed probably. <laughs> yes. Most couples would yes. be having to think about that, but it can actually be super fun because it looks just so different than anybody else's wedding. Like it just does. Yeah. As long as you know, you're prepared with an indoor venue and, and heating heat and umbrellas and all that kind of stuff, which they were. So, uh, I reply back from that and then I say, you know, I would love to, maybe I'll ask a softball question. Like, do, do you have your venue booked or something to open the door for them to easily respond and have something else to, to follow up with themselves. But generally just end with, Hey, if you'd like to meet, let's set up a time. And if I then in superhuman kind of snooze that for two weeks, if it comes back to me and they haven't replied, I immediately send it off to somebody who actually subscribes to get my extra leads. I don't try and follow up with them for my own booking. If they don't follow up within those two weeks, I assume they didn't want me that hard or maybe there's a budget issue or whatever. I send that on to another photographer who then does or doesn't book them themselves. And they're rejected from my, my life forever. If they follow up and say they want to meet, I just throw out some dates and we... We collaborate for about a 30, 45 minute meeting. I get to know them. And then at that point, I send them a proposal link, custom made proposal based on their uh, needs for the wedding, whether they want an engagement session, wedding album, all the stuff we talked about in the meeting. I send that. The booking system I use does have some add-ons they can choose if they want, like an extra photo booth or one of my my more recent and profitable add-ons is uh, two-week turnaround editing time. So they they can jump the queue. I don't remember exactly how I phrase it, but for an extra 500 bucks, they bump to the top of the priority line for turnaround on their full gallery. The only reason I'm able to imagine I could never do that in any way that would scale with meaningful volume if if Imagine didn't exist. So I feel confident that I can hit a two-week turnaround time if half or more, even all my clients opted for that as an option, I could still do it and deliver within two weeks. Uh, so that's you, when, great. When, when, you, when you talked about that in Copenhagen, you blew my mind. I was like, I never thought about that was even a possibility. And now I'm like, listen, everybody. <laughs> Like, you got to do this. Yeah, this is this is the time to take advantage of the kind of edge that Imagine gives a photographer. Eventually, right. that edge might go away as it becomes mm-hmm. standard. It's like, of course, I, I use AI to edit like everybody does. Like that will be the case someday. Right, uh, right now, right. it's time to Im- and find those areas that you can profit from from right. gaining that edge. And I think a two week priority turnaround is is pretty reasonable. You don't want to go like next day because yeah, nobody wants to, as much as clients may think they want to see their photos like the next day, which I could reasonably do as well. Like nobody, there's a a sense of value attached to time. And I think two Mm -hmm. weeks is right at that edge of people that maybe have paid me $5,000 to shoot their wedding. Also believe that two weeks is a good, meaningful amount of time spent on editing them to look the best that they're going to look. Uh, If I delivered stuff the next day, again, even if it looks exactly the same, their sense of value is going to be distorted in a negative way, I believe. (laughs) Let's um, let's get back to that. Um, Let's get back to that in a little bit. Um, because I have, I do have some thoughts on that too, but, but yeah, okay. let's go back to the, Put, to the pin in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> turnaround time and sense of value. So anyway, yeah. then I do, I send a proposal link. I say upfront, this will expire within two weeks. So, and, and the date's not yours until the deposit paid and it's, um, 
contract is signed. If it expires after two weeks, that I don't even bother following up. Uh, if they do, mm. that's great. If not, then I just let them go. Um, yeah, but if they book, then uh, we'll do an engagement session whenever. If they don't have an engagement session, I show up about a month and a half before the wedding. I send the final invoice reminder. I only take $1,000 flat deposit upon signing the contract. So the rest isn't due until a month before the wedding. Same time uh, a questionnaire gets sent. It's about 25 questions, all related to photography, sensitive family issues, shot lists that I need, which are all just the family groupings. As long as I've got that filled out before the wedding day, I review that and show up and I have everything that I need to cover it confidently, say bye. And then usually two days after, three days after I post maybe 10 previews on Instagram and then full gallery month, month and a half after the wedding that's delivered through PickTime. And that's sort of the the nutshell of my entire workload. That's awesome. <laughs> now PickTime does it, have it, some cool follow-up apps to, to, you know, potentially generate more business from them, like a subscription to keep their client gallery online that they're billed for once a year. That's another app I helped develop with PickTime that has been really great. After after the first year of their gallery being online for free, they get a reminder that says, hey, your gallery is going to be you know sunset or deactivated or whatever. But if you want to pay 60 bucks, you can keep it up and every year you'll be reminded and it's totally up to you. But that's been a nice little bit as more and more clients sign up for that. And other other than them collaborating on an album or something, yeah, that's sort of the, the main aspects of my workflow. I, I didn't even get into editing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll talk more about editing, but so, so as somebody who doesn't think he's very organized, you, you definitely have it all mapped out, which is I do. Yeah. incredible. <laughs> and, and you're using different tools in different ways to help that process, which, you know, is so important, especially as somebody who is not just a wedding photographer, but a busy, you know, like you've got a lot of weddings and portrait works, you know, portrait work that you're mm -hmm. doing on a consistent basis. There was something else that you mentioned that I wanna, I wanna see if you are superhuman. So you ask for, <laughs> I mean, most wedding photographers, you ask for the shot list, right? So yeah. you're asking for, you know, mom, dad, you're asking for names, I'm assuming as well, right? No, no names. You're not, you're just no. asking for no, general. Just, I don't, I'm never gonna remember anybody's name, no That's, way. See, yeah. I wanted to see if you were superhuman. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even remember <laughs> the couple's name. I'm like, this is, yeah. no, 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 no. Just, I have a check mark next to, the shot list is all orbiting around family groupings. So I don't remember exactly how it's phrased. I, I no longer have bride and groom as, as like the, I have it basically like who's filling, what's the name of the person filling out this questionnaire and then your partner's name. So it's always sort of gender neutral. It can great. be applied to any variation in, in culture or style or whatever of wedding, which is really great. Yeah. But on there, uh, once you get to the family section, it's like, okay, so partner filling out this questionnaire, it's more elegantly stated than that, but your mom and dad or your parents or whatever, uh, like, do you want that together? Immediate family, nuclear, like there's check marks next to everything. And then there mm -hmm. is a box to fill in where they can elaborate specifics unique to their family. And right. there it can spiral sometimes where I get just like 50 different lists of people <laughs> and I will follow up with them setting expectations that like, right. I'm here for it. I will do this entire list. You yep. need to know that this is going to take two hours. Like, even if we like just do the math guys and I'll do the math for them. Even if we take one minute per grouping and you have 50 groupings, like we're here for, and we're not going to take one minute per grouping. Some are going to be much longer than that. Maybe some a little shorter. Like we need to set some expectations and trend larger and get rid of any redundancy. And my suggested family groupings always have the couple together in every shot. Because once you start doing the separate, like 
say you have a bride and groom and it's like bride with just her family and then add the groom and do the exact same photos. There's a whole lot of redundancy there that is probably not necessary. Like you want the couple, they just got married. Like they should be together in almost every photo, say for a few of like just maybe the bride and her mom or the bride and her dad, like a few of those one off Mm -hmm. individual ones. So I manage those expectations a lot in the in the questionnaire, and uh, I don't even remember what your original question was, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. my original question was ha- was going to be basically how do you how do you remember everybody's name if you remember uh, everybody's name? I but just, so, I just call them mom and dad. <laughs> I just mom say, and hey, dad, mom, right? So come th- over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. I mean, I don't I don't do many weddings. Uh, I do about one a year just to keep it, you know, nice. it, you know, <laughs> so like so I can talk about it. I want to. I got to do it so I can talk about it. But. Uh, you know, so I do the mom and dad, the sister, the, all that stuff, right? But so do you memorize the shot list? You just know it because it's natural and it, unless there's some oddity that you need to be specific. Do you, so a lot of times, because I don't do weddings that often, I'll make a reminder list on my phone, which then goes to my Apple Watch, which then I can just like peek and be like, check, done, and move on yeah. to the next one. Do you have any, See, any tricks uh, Yeah, for, I dump my questionnaire to a PDF that's on my phone, so I will refer to that, especially if utilized that open box to elaborate on photos they want. Yeah, I'll refer to that for sure, just on my phone or hand it off to nice. a second shooter if I have them. Or if it is a lengthy shot list, I will recommend assigning a sibling, if they have one, or a close family member to help me coordinate, which generally mm-hmm. people are all on board with. Everybody's... I don't think I've had a client that's like, please make this as long and complicated as possible. Like nobody wants that. They just want photos of people that are important to them. So, you know, I really try and give them suggestions of somebody who does know names to faces better than me or whatever to help. But I do have a general flow that I aim for. And that's coupled together. That's me dialing in my settings for family photos. Then I'll pick either side. Let's say the bride in this case. Okay. Her parents, let's add her parents and then siblings, and then any other extended family, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Then all those people go away except for the parents. I'll keep them there, swing them around to the bride's side, then add the groom's parents. I'll do one with both sets of parents if they have all them, you know, depending on if there's a divorce or what have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I'll get rid of the bride's uh, parents. Now it's just the groom and his parents. Then we'll add siblings, extended family, and build from there. So I kind of like go through this this series and modify it as needed. And then any other extended family, I just I really lean into the let's just go like one last name that I can yell out and get all those people together. You know, unless there's somebody super super important, like an aunt that's they're really close with or a grandparent. Right. Yeah. Right. That generally that flow of getting you know the individual parents together, both sets of parents together, and then siblings at some point and everything. And then, but maybe I should elaborate on the bridal party as well. I have a bit of a template that I follow for that. And this will vary depending on time, but it usually takes me about 15 minutes. That's what I give as guidance. I'll do the full group shot. And then send one half away, let's say the groom side, like, guys, just go hang out over there. I'm going to photograph uh, you know, the bride and her side. Bride with each person, one at a time. So each person has their moment with the bride. That That is pretty key. And then we'll do the big group shot for that. So everybody's kind of warmed up. They're not as nervous in front of the camera. We'll do all the bride side as a photo. And then we'll have them sit and rest. I'll do the groom with each groomsman. And then the whole groom shot together. And then and one more follow up with a slightly different perspective or backdrop of, of the whole group together again. And that's it. That's that's what I try and hit. It usually in that order, sometimes it, it changes up, but I can knock that out 10, 15 minutes, no problem. As long as nobody disappears on me. Yeah, it's one of those things like you, you're doing it so much that it's it's ingrained in there. It's, you know, certain aspects you don't really have to think about 
certain ones. And it's it's do, nice but. because you know if you do have like a nice kind of process of how you want to do things, I'm still highly sensitive and completely open to the oh can we do one with like my sorority sisters yes yes we got right. time because we already right. knocked everything like let's do the slight different one-off like unique to them yeah. groups of just brothers or something like that and i make it clear that i'm open to those suggestions after we've done everything i'm Unless driving I'm, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the, the key, the you key don't want to get yeah. you don't want to get derailed in the middle of your flow because then yeah I start to forget what I've already done. They start to forget what they were like. You really want to save some buffer time for those like, oh yeah, I see. Of course I want a picture with blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's do it. If they haven't already yeah. put that in the questionnaire ahead of time. And a lot of times there's, there's times during the party part of the wedding where you oh, can yeah. knock out, you know, the additional. Uh, that is something shots. I tend to suggest if people uh, do have really large groups of cousins or, you know, college Ooh. friends, I, I will say, Let's save that for the reception. Do you, does it really need to be in the formal backdrop of where we do your family photos? Like, probably not. Let's just, right. like, knock that out. They're probably at a table together anyway. Let's just mm-hmm. do that at the reception, and that's yeah. no problem. I'll keep that in my – again, I have my questionnaire as a PDF on my phone. You would think I would utilize my watch, but it's way too small and in- inconsistent with when I'm, like, pulling it up and looking at it. My phone, mm-hmm. it's all right there. So, yeah. Right, right. Cool. Yeah. Let's move into, go back to the AI part of things. So my uh, first question about AI is, what does the future of AI and photography look like to you? I think an ideal future would be the ability to have such confidence in what it's doing that I can hit publish and deliver it to my clients without even needing to look at the files, like literally. (laughs) That would be amazing. Not that I don't want to look. And I'm probably going to take a cursory glance through everything, but without really meaningfully have to like look through every single image that I'm delivering mm-hmm. and, you know, and nudge it into place with exposure or gradients or any of that stuff, like to be able to just like have it imported, have it run through the AI, have it uploaded, hit publish and be confident in sending a delivery email. Uh, that would be the dream that I would, I would really like, not because I'm lazy, but I, I would just love that amount of accuracy and consistency mm. and still have it look exactly as I would intend if I did sit down and hand edit or close to me sitting down and hand edit each individual image. Ambitious enough? <laughs> yeah. I, hopefully we get there. Hopefully we, we get to the point where, where we can fulfill oh, we your dream. No doubt in my mind. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So my last question to you is... Something that you touched on already, where the question is, how did Imagine AI impact your life? And you've, you've touched <laughs> on this already from a business standpoint, right? From the idea that not only are you editing less, but you're actually making additional revenue, right? You're making additional <laughs> revenue with your $500 add-on, um, which I do want to touch back on as well. But sure. other, are there other aspects of your life that Imagine AI has impacted? You're not going to like this answer. <laughs> oh, Okay. It has allowed me to procrastinate more (laughs) because I know I can knock it out in no time. Like the actual upload at most takes 25 minutes for a full wedding and the edits will come back in five or 10 minutes. Like I, for certain weddings, I've just waited for the couple to follow up with me. Like, Hey, are our photos ready? Once I get that email, boom, I turn around in 40, 45 minutes and there it is. So it has enabled me to embrace my procrastination, lazy side a little more than Mm -hmm. I I think. So I, I'm sure that's not quite what you anticipated, but if you can fight that tendency, I have always struggled with procrastination, but obviously you can stay ahead of being late and, and use it in a way that actually 
reduces your mental and, and your workload overall way ahead of schedule, which is the idea situation, ideal situation to, to right. consequence of using something like this. But it has allowed me, I'm so confident that I can like swoop it around within 30 minutes of an email of a client asking, Hey, are our photos ready? That I kind of have started to wait until then, <laughs> which, you know, actually I think still demonstrates the effectiveness and, and uh, incredible speed that uh, imagine provides. But yeah, that's, that's definitely, I've noticed myself being like, you know what, I'm going to relax a little more and not worry that I'm a couple days late on this gallery, uh, unless they send me an email and then boom, it's turned around in 30 minutes. Uh, it's, it's wrapped up and out the door. So. In, in, in Copenhagen, you even joked that, that, which, you know, may not actually be a joke, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that you could be playing video games while your photos are being edited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. Uh, it's crazy to be able to do, it, it actually is very, I will say Okay, I'm joking a bit about the procrastination, although that has happened a bit. I do feel a little bit less pressure to constantly be keeping up on things on a day-to-day basis. But Mm -hmm. uh, it is an incredible feeling to send or hit upload in the Imagine app and then also be doing some other aspect of work like emails or something other than photo editing and feel like that is free money, like free time. Like I'm getting the the app is doing all this work for me now or like on the flight home, I uploaded a batch before I took off coming back from Copenhagen. And when I landed, it was all there and it felt like I didn't have to do any work on the plane because it was being done for me. So it's it's this amazing sort of release of pressure. That is kind of an amazing thing that Typically, if you were to do an over the seas overseas wedding and then you were flying back, you'd you'd be editing your photos on the flight back yeah. on a laptop, no. which hey, yep. that's that's pretty cool that you're able to point A to point B and you didn't have to touch them. Yeah, I could I could actually sleep, which I did on the flight. It's awesome. <laughs> Aside from my little Thanksgiving dinner with I think her name was Betty. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, so to briefly touch back on the, the $500 optional add on that you have, right? So $500, they're guaranteed a two week delivery, you know, and you said like, you know, you could do it next day. Would people actually do it? Is that psychologically, you know, not the best option I'm thinking and tell me if, if you disagree, but let's say you got a celebrity wedding, right? Okay. Where, you know, they got endless deep pockets. You could say it's an extra thousand or fifteen hundred dollars for next day delivery of your wedding, and I could almost guarantee they would pay for it. You think so? I don't know. I, I don't know that people care about seeing their full gallery that quickly as much as we might assume. I, I um, think I think somebody that's in a like, for example, Kardashian, right? Somebody you know, they could afford it at the drop of a hat. That. Sure. Somebody who also add on just to have it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's also somebody who cares about um, public perception where they're going to want their wedding photos so they can get it off to the media and then the world True. sees it. Right. Sure. That so at sense. that point, you know, $500 for the average normal human being <laughs> might might be like tough to tough to pull for some people, but also psychologically might be the perfect dollar value for what you're getting two week delivery, but $1,500 for a next day for somebody who, you know, I can see it. might. Yeah. Yeah. And so this isn't even something I talk about during the client meeting. I just, it's very self-explanatory. You know, I, I yeah. think it struck me to, to offer this model while I was waiting to board or sitting in the waiting area of a, an airport. There's like, you know, every single airline has, you want priority boarding 40 bucks, 
Do you want it or not? Yes or no? Right, right. here. Friction is removed. Like, you know yeah. what? I kind of do. Boom. And shoot you. I don't really nudge people back to their uh, booking portal very often, but I do kind of wish there was a reason for them to keep coming back to it. Because if I could have that option ever present, you know, maybe seven days after the wedding, they would say, you know what? I do want that option. Let's do it. 500 bucks. We can get our photos in the next week. That'd be amazing. Or something like that. You know, like that, that I think would be even more compelling, but you know, I don't know how you nudge people, but they're not waiting for a flight, right? They're not going back to their client portal for any real reason, unless it was integrated with their client gallery somehow, or where you deliver their previews, which is why a studio management system needs to integrate with something like a studio gallery system. I don't know why something hasn't come across, come along to do it all. I mean, there's been some places that do kind of do it all, but none of Mm -hmm. them well enough. (laughs) It's crazy. Anyway. uh, Yeah. It's you're right. I mean, so I don't talk about it to my clients and I could easily have I could see a tiered like two weeks yeah. turnaround, 500 bucks, two day turnaround, 1500 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And have two yeah. options and just leave it at that and let them choose. Yeah. You could go you could go all out and do a same day wedding delivery. <laughs> just kidding. That would be insane. Yeah. But it's possible. I mean, that's the dr- again, that's the dream. I could see <laughs> being there someday. But oh, man, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was very first starting out, there was a photographer, I think I want to say his name was Scott. I can't remember his last name, but he's much older, well-established guy. He was showing off, I think I want to call them spider lights or something that were continuous lights for studio work. They didn't strobe at all. They were just on. And at the time, like 12 years ago, this was a big deal. It's like, holy crap, we don't have to have strobes, whatever. The, his thing was, oh, he shot and had a video, like a reaction video of, this was like 2008, mind you, shot the entire wedding and then had an album made and presented to the clients at the end of the reception. Here's your wedding day in a printed book on site. Crazy. And that was a very wealthy client that, you know, money was no issue. And it's I was possible like, wow, to do. It's crazy. But yeah. It, he had a team It's possible to do, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to have he, a team at that point. But that's where Um, imagine and other tools like them, they are kind of representing a team for me. Like in my brain, imagine is sort of becoming an employee that has this task that I can control and it does what I want with my intention and my unique sensibilities. And I don't have to pay them a salary. (laughs) Uh, This is it. This is, this is the way of the future, sadly. I have a a friend who, who got married four months ago. And they, they were a twice postponed wedding because of the pandemic. They finally just did it. Their wedding, after postponing their wedding twice, they had their wedding and their wedding photos took four months to come back. Which I know to, to you and I, that may not sound so, you know, so crazy because it happens, right? But so I said to them, if you were offered $500 optional add-on to guarantee them that those photos come back in two weeks, would you have paid it? And they said, 100%, they would have paid that. And I said to them, well, tell your photographer to check out Imagine AI. And she said, well, how much would it have been? And, I, and she, she teaches math. So I was like, how many photos did you get back? She said, 900. So I said, times six cents each. And then she, she was like, what? <laughs> like. You know, at that point, it, she would have paid 500 The photographer would have made a huge profit on that. And, and all, you know, they would have been happier. They, I mean, they were happy with their photos, but they would have been happier getting it back in two weeks than yeah. 
than four months. So then, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. happening a lot now. I mean, with so many photographers shooting doubles and triples, the, the consequences for sure delayed longer editing time. And, yeah. you know, it's not like photographers aren't stressed, not just with the volume of photos, but just having to deal with uh, some people re- still rescheduling some you know, having to wear a mask, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. The tra- like, there's just so much extra stress and work. Like, photographers need breathing room, like yeah. every other vendor, to to just force some time away from their computer when they're in the midst of, yeah, working probably the most they've ever worked <laughs> in a lot yep. of their careers. But yeah, anyway, again, though, this is like perfect time for a tool like this to be embraced. I mean, you guys launched, I don't know when the official launch was, but about a year, year and a half ago, something like that. It was 2020, I think. I don't know when the exact formation of the company was, but that was the perfect time to start um, experimenting and playing around with this option as a photographer. When you were stuck at home, if you weren't buried under a you know blanket of depression from the <laughs> pandemic to actually get yeah. up and like kind of retweak your workflow and, and embrace tools like this, it's tough to do when you're now already behind by four months or whatever. But anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, bucks, I, yeah I, could, I would I pay it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would too. So Sam, where can listeners learn more about you, connect with you, and of course, see your incredible photography? No, awesome. Instagram's where I'm most active on social media. So my handle is I am the Sam. Pretty easy. And then my website, samherdphotography.com. Sort of where all my wedding-oriented blog posts and things are. Of course, I do have a Patreon, which is where I'm most active in terms of sharing behind-the-scenes everything. Thoughts on a review, image deconstructions, community, portfolio reviews, all that kind of stuff. Patreon.com slash samherd, and that's H-U-R-D, in case anybody's confused. But yeah, that's those are kind of my three main areas of activity. And I try and be super accessible to everyone, not just patrons, but you know, always feel free to reach out and send me a DM. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Sam, for joining uh, me today on this podcast and uh, for sharing all of your insights and um, all the different workflows that you have going on to help the the craziness get streamlined. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. I mean, we want to share the the nitty gritty as much as we can in, you know, less than an hour. (laughs) So it's it's tricky. Uh, Yeah, we're right at that hour mark. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, and uh, hopefully I will see you at Imaging USA. This uh, this might even be out after Imaging USA, but you know, nice. hopefully I'll see you at Imaging USA. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, look forward to seeing you again, and excited to see what uh, is next for Imagine. <laughs> it's gonna be Thanks. awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. Thank you, Sam, for that incredible conversation about your photography workflows. And thank you for listening to this episode of Workflows. Be sure to check out our show notes, at imagineai.com slash podcast. And don't forget to join the other Imaginers at the Imagine AI community. You can do so by going to imagineai.com slash community. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Workflows presented by Imagine AI. To see the show notes and everything referenced in this episode, please go to imagine-ai.com slash podcast.